Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi there, this is Martina Navratilova. Uh, hi, I'm Mats Vilander. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport and hot off the heels of the second semi-final between Simona Halep and Karolina Pliskova. In fact, hot off the heels of both, but fresh from the commentary booth of the second one, Chris Bradnam. You were with Chris Everett again, the green, t- the, the green team? Uh, it was about to get very political there. The dream team. Uh, what are your immediate impressions of that match, Chris? Just a fantastic match following on from a wonderful first semi-final. Um, the crowd were given a treat today. I think Pliskova surprised everybody. She says she's been surprising herself the whole fortnight, having ne- never gone beyond the second round here. But the way she took the match on, the way she built herself into the match was just amazing. And she had a sniff in that final set. If she'd taken a few more drive volleys out of the air, if she'd won a few more key points, I know it always comes down to that, but I'm not so sure that, that Halep would have really finished it off. Having said that, Halep today, her attitude, there are just a couple of tiny little hiccups with the looks to, the, to Darren Cahill and so on, but she was exemplary. And I was a little surprised about how she took Pliskova on. We didn't get any drop shots. We didn't get any really short, slow ball angles. And they almost happened by accident because that's the only shot she could have played. Terrific effort from Simona Halep. Her court coverage, you and Chrissy were talking about it a lot in commentary, is extraordinary isn't it there were so many points there that she won just by sheer monumental effort and not giving up yeah I said to Chrissy early on in the commentary is she the best mover we've had in the women's game since Steffi Graf and and she mentioned a few other names Serena and so on and but towards the end of the match she made the comment Chrissy that I have never seen anybody retrieve as well as Simona Hallett has retrieved in this match ever and I think that's a huge accolade. It really is a huge accolade. And that, of course, and I'm sorry to spin forwards to the final, Catherine. I'm, I'm sure you might be getting there, but that's going to be the problem for Ostapenko. Huge winner count, huge unforced errors count. But she needs to spend all day tomorrow practicing against a wall, expecting the ball back every single time, which is exactly what a wall does. But she's feisty, doesn't give a damn about anything could be a great final yeah well you've given the game away there incredible scenes as Yelena Ostapenko on her 20th birthday and she looks an awful lot younger than 20 to me she looks about 12 years old uh, won through to her first ever Grand Slam final this is a player that's never even won a WTA title she did it the hard way she beat Tomei Bashinsky in three sets she is hard as nails Yelena Ostapenko isn't she she really is granite I think she's made of and wouldn't it be, I mean, if she, if she believes in fate and irony, if she happens to win 
her first Grand Slam title, which, as you say, will be a first-ever title. So a debut titleist in the French Open. She was born on Guga's birthday, if she does it. That's the, the link between Guga and Ostapenko. But, again, Chrissy mentioned... I've got to keep going back to Chrissy, but everything she's achieved on the clay, why not? She kept saying throughout the match, even though Pliskova was doing better and better and better... Does she really believe that she can beat Simona Halep on a clay court? And I think that's the huge question on Saturday. Does Ostapenko believe she can beat Simona Halep? And in her first Grand Slam final, I think it would be an enormous achievement. Enormous. Do you believe she can do it? I've been question marking every women's match for over a year. So my gut tells me no. But the way the tennis has gone with the women's game... Let me, let me put it this way. If Simona Halep behaves herself, like Darren Cahill has demanded, I think Halep will win the French Open. I think it's as simple as that. Just finally, Chris, before I throw to a little bit of Boris Becker previewing the men's semi-finals tomorrow, very good interview with him too. Just a reflection on the day as a whole and what a glorious day it was for women's tennis. Two truly sensational semi-finals. A lot of people in tennis are very quick to give the women's game a, a bashing you know there only have to be a, a sprinkling of empty seats and everyone goes oh empty seats for women's semis a shocking state of affairs today silenced everything I think it was just a glorious day I think it was a really timely shot in the arm for women's tennis I really do but you have to straight away say consistency these players have got to back it up that's been the big problem for so many players we obviously now see it with Novak Djokovic too different for him because he's dominated for so long so maybe the burnout if you want to call it that that we're seeing from him is a little bit more understandable but Ostapenko now irrespective of what happens on Saturday she's now got to back it up she's gone to a different level we don't want her disappearing for six months terrified about whoever she's playing because she's now going to become the hunted whether she wins the final or not so we need to see that in the women's game we need to see the players that are breaking through to these major finals and winning them or making finals consistently doing that week in week out parallels to sort of Dominic team in the men's game he's been somebody that we've been hoping to do that and that Chris thank you very much for your comments on today's matches is my segue into the thoughts of a certain Mr Boris Becker because we've been chatting to him to preview the men's semi-finals tomorrow and here is what he had to say first of all on Andy Murray well I think it was pretty evident uh, that once the tournament started that nobody really knew the form Andy was in um, I don't think he knew himself uh, he did struggle uh, all year long, uh, and I was one of the uh, ones that raised a bit of criticism for Ivan Lendl to be so far um, away between Australian Open and Paris. And you would need a coaching crisis, not when you're winning. And I felt Ivan could have made a difference. Well, he came in time, and I think he made a difference. Uh, uh, I, I'm a big, big admirer of, of um, uh, the whole team. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, really, round by round, he got better, he got stronger, he played with more confidence. Uh, and and you know, already in the round of 16, maybe even at the end of Del Potro, he looked, he looked like the Andy Murray of last year. Uh, um, round of 16 was, was strong. Uh, Kachanov was a very convincing victory. And then, ultimately, uh, against Nishikori, I mean, he had a difficult start, but then as the match went on, he got better and better. It almost seems like... He's unchaining himself of, of everything that was happening from the beginning of the year to now. And, you know, he's a champion. Champions remember how, how to win. 
And his opponent, Stan Wawrinkis, says himself that he feels he's playing the best clay court tennis of his life, which, considering he won the title here two years ago, is a formidable thought, isn't it? I think both players are hitting their peak. I think it's the right time uh, for the match to happen. Uh, I think Stan is right. He hasn't dropped a set. Uh, he is, um, let's say, apart from Rafa Nadal, um, the most experienced player uh, once uh, once you get to that stage of the tournament. And he... Um, you know, he should be, should be full of confidence and, and believe he can win. They obviously met in the semi-final here last year. Stan thinks that was Murray's best ever clay court performance. Does he just need to do exactly what he did this time last year? Well, a lot of things have changed in 12 months and, and you always uh, have to evolve, you always have to improve. Um, I believe Andy played his best ever clay court tennis last year. But uh, as I said, he's improved, improved by the day and, and you know, he's number one for a reason. So, It'll, it'll could be a real classic between two titans. And in the other semi-final, Rafael Nadal against Dominic Team. Nadal, the hot, hot favourite here. Only 22 games dropped so far. Is there any risk that he could be underripe coming into this semi? I don't think so. I think it uh, plays to his um, advantage of uh, you know, saving a bit of energy. You know, he had a long season already. He's 31 years young. He's had his number of injuries. So for him to go uh, swiftly through the tournament is not going to uh, hurt him at all. Uh, I think the contrast, uh, he'll be fresh and eager and motivated to go out and play against your Austrian team. Dominic Team, who of course got a sensational victory over Djokovic in the quarterfinals. What did you make of that? I think it was the uh, coming out party of Dominic Team. I, I really felt that um, you know, his time was coming. Uh, and he decided it's it's happening now. You know, it's no longer the future. I think he's very much a man of the present. Uh, if you look the race to London, he's already number three in the world from results this year. We have early June, so in a way, um, there was no clear-cut favorite against Djokovic, and and you know he played like a man on the move. And in terms of the matchup, they obviously met in Rome a couple of weeks ago. Team, the only person to have beaten Nadal on clay this season. Does he need to do the same again this time? I think Rome is different than Paris for um, Rafael Nadal. I mean, they've played in uh, Barcelona in the final. Rafa won in straight sets. They played in Madrid in the final. There was a close two-setter. They played in Rome. Dominic beat him. So interesting matchup. I think if there's one player in the draw that Rafael Nadal respects more than anybody, I think it's Dominic team. Are you expecting a Nadal victory, though? Ultimately, I do. I think, I think it's written in the stars uh, that uh, he's going to go for his uh, La Decima. Uh, he, looked, he looked strong. He looked better than ever, really. Uh, he's healthy. And once, once that's true, that's the best place for him to play tennis. We can't wait. Boris, great to get your thoughts. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.